All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Good Friday of this blessed day in our nation's history, in our faith community. We're going to do a little news, and we're going to try to make a little bit of impact today. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you're getting ready for a very impactful and wonderful holiday weekend, no matter what your faith is, whether it's Easter that you celebrate, Passover that you celebrate, Ramadan, which falls this month as well. I know your faith is important to you, and this weekend particularly is important to all of us and our families. And so I want to wish you an early happy Easter and happy Passover. For those who celebrate Ramadan, that they may be blessed during this time of spiritual renewal. All right, now we've got a great show. We really do. Now, you may not have heard of this guy before, but he's doing impactful work, and you have heard of his work. His name is Max Nelson. He's the labor director or labor policy director at the Freedom Foundation, and he's the guy that discovered a few months ago. You remember this racket because we've been talking about it here, and we broke a lot of stories on this at Just the News. He's the guy that found that teachers' unions were getting those PPP forgivable COVID relief loans when they were not supposed to. Unions were explicitly forbidden from getting those loans. I believe Max and the Freedom Foundation's work has identified more than $36, $37 million so far going to unions, including teachers' unions. Yeah, the same teachers' unions that were trying to keep school closed during the pandemic. How about that? Close the school, get a loan, take the money, even though you're not entitled to it. How about that? Well, Max is here. He's going to start us off, and we're going to learn a little bit more. There was a major development on this front, and that is that several congressmen this week ordered the SBA to investigate and go recover that money. Go get those PPP loans that weren't supposed to go to unions and get it back on behalf of the American taxpayer. Congressman Fox, Luke Meyer, Allen, Van Doon, and many others got on this, but it wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the research of the Freedom Foundation. So Max is going to join us. We're going to have a really good conversation with him. Then we're going to take a quick break. And I told you yesterday we would have a big, big story, and we do this morning on Hunter Biden. I'm going to touch on that in a second. But in the second block of the show, Congressman Daryl Issa, one of the true accountability experts, one of the true oversight experts in Congress. He's made two tours of duties in the House, and both he is 
been an essential player on bringing transparency, accountability, oversight to federal programs. He's going to talk a little bit about what these new revelations are. What a great show. Max Nelson, followed by Daryl Issa. You are going to want to stay tuned for that. Now, before we go to the break, real quickly, we went through the Hunter Biden laptop. We went through all our FOIAs. We went through all the documents that the Senate and the House have released, all things Hunter Biden. And my good colleague and friend, Seamus Bruner, who's a tremendous investigative reporter, he helped me write the book Fallout. I know a lot of you have read and enjoyed. We teamed up and our goal was to answer the question, what did Joe Biden know? When did he know it? And did he get any benefit from Hunter Biden's foreign financing rackets, right? And we've answered the question now. We are putting out into the public today significant text messages, emails, discussions, and we, we help illuminate what was going on. And let's let's just give you a couple of data points. You can read it and you're going to hear Daryl Issa talk about its significance. But in 2010, now remember the story that Joe Biden gave us all through the election until he, when he was hiding in the basement, until the day he got to 1600 Pennsylvania, and all through the impeachment, Ukraine impeachment scandal, was that I had nothing to do with my son's business, nothing to do with his finances. I don't even know what he was doing, but I'm sure what he was doing was legal and I'm proud of him. Period, end of sentence, no more discussion, stop talking about it. If you raise a question about this anymore, you're a Russian disinformation artist or a conspiracy whack job, conspiracy theorist whack job. That's what the game he played. Well, guess what? It wasn't an honest answer. Like so many times before, we've peeled back the president's answers and given you the truth. So starting in 2010, which was one year after Joe Biden had been vice president, so he has his son and his son's business partners handling his tax affairs. That's very unusual. What is a private business doing handling Joe Biden's taxes unless they have something to do with it, right? That's the question. But they take care of it. They're working with the White House counsel, the vice president's counsel. They file the taxes. And in June of 2010, Joe Biden gets a tax refund from his state of Delaware. And a very important thing happens. Captured an email. You can read it. You can hold it in your hands. You don't have to take my word for it. Yep. Joe Biden's tax return doesn't come back to him. The check, the refund check. It goes to Eric Schwerin, Hunter Biden's business partner. That's interesting, right? What's he doing in the middle of this? And he says, listen, I'm going to put your... He's talking to Hunter Biden. I'm going to put your dad's tax refund in his account and then write a check out from his account to your account because he, Joe Biden, owes you, Hunter Biden, money. Wait a second. I thought their finances weren't intertwined. That's what the vice president's been claiming or the president's been claiming. Well, apparently not. This is a smoking gun, but it's one of many. So we now will document for you in the story five or six times that Joe Biden meets with Hunter Biden's business partners. Remember, I had nothing to do with it. Wait a second. You're with the Burisma guy. You're with the Russian guy. You're with the China guy. You clearly did something. He lined up multiple instances, Hunter Biden did, of his business people getting access to the vice president, to the White House, usually on neutral ground. But it was in China. It was in Washington. All right. Well, that's another piece that we didn't have. Now we take you to another one. There is a text message. I'm not making this up where Joe Biden says, hey, son, I've got a person here, Chris, who wants to do business with you. Give him a call. Here's his phone number. He wants to do business with you. Wait a second. Did I just see this right? Joe Biden just sent a potential business lead to Hunter Biden. The guy who said he had nothing to do, didn't even know what his son was doing, right? Sure, it was legal, but I didn't even know. 
All right. Well, that's a new data point, and that's one you can see. You can look at that text message. Where was it from? It's sitting on the laptop that the FBI has. It's in, the, in a group of what are known as chat messages between father and son. That's a big one. All right. There's another one. There's a couple of emails that we've now dug up called JRB bills. Joseph Robinette Biden, that's his initials, his bills, and guess who's paying them, according to the email. But the accountant is sending Hunter Biden telling him, here's all the things you paid for a good old dad. And there are things for their for the president's beach home. There are telephone bills and utility bills. Hey, Hunter Biden was taking money from foreigners and using at least some of it to pay his father's bills. Who lets his son pay his bills when they're both adults? That's kind of weird. You know, maybe if you're disabled or sick. But in this case, Hunter Biden is picking up Joe's bills according to Hunter Biden's own emails. And that's really significant for another reason, because we've been tantalized for a long time without the proof that Joe Biden, in fact, had been requiring his son to give up certain amounts of his investments or his businesses. There's the 10% for the big guy in 2017. Remember, Tony Bombalinski says that big guy was Joe Biden. Now, the deal didn't go through, but they were going to give him a cut of it if it did go through. Then there is the famous text message between Hunter Biden and his daughter, where he says, unlike Pop, I'm not going to take 50% of all of your earnings. So we've had the hints, but now for the first time, we have data points where money is moving back and forth between the president and his son. Now, I've given you the Hunter Biden to his father, then the father gives the money back. All right, we got that. We're paying the bills. Here's another one. There's a 2019 email that has escaped notice until this day where Joe Biden said in the email by the accountants, by lawyers who are handling a matter for Hunter Biden, your dad is going to pay off your bills. Hmm. So Joe Biden drops a chunk of change in 2019 on Hunter Biden's bills. A decade after, it's been acknowledged that Joe Biden owed it Hunter Biden because Hunter Biden was paying things for him. Wow, this is a pretty big change in story, right? And these are facts. You can read them yourself. Joe Biden's story, uh, the White House's story, all the spinmeisters they sent on TV and on MSNBC to the impeachment, they all gave you a dishonest story. They all lied to you. The proof is in the pudding. Now, is it tens of millions of dollars? Not that we can tell. Is it tens of thousands of dollars? It seems to be. But what is going on? Why is Hunter Biden handling his father's taxes unless their finances are intermingled? Why is Joe Biden sending a business lead to his son if he doesn't know anything about it? Why is Joe Biden meeting with his Burisma partner, his Chinese business partner? Why is Joe Biden attending these fundraising dinners for the charity we mentioned yesterday? If he has nothing to do, he's not trying to help his son. I think the story has evolved in a very big way. And the one thing you can take away from this story, and I think Daryl Issa will get to this in the interview a little bit, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden had mingled finances. They knew more about what each other was doing. They were assisting each other. And the story they gave us when they wanted to be president of the United States in the summer of 19 and 20 was not true. It's demonstrably false on the documents we made available to you today. You can touch these documents, read these documents, share them with your friends. If you got Joe Biden fans, say, listen, I can prove you lied. Oh, you can't prove you lied. Send them the documents. You know where they are? They're in the dig in tool on the story. Why not challenge some of those people who've been getting away with a false story for two and three years, smearing good people like Rudy Giuliani and myself and Peter Schweitzer and Miranda Devine, uh, all whose names were dragged through the mud, even though we were right about every aspect and the public has been misled about because the elitists in the media and the Biden machinery 
work together to circumvent, to suffocate, to censor, to shame anyone who dared provide the truth to the American public. Now it's coming out. The dam has broken. These documents today that Seamus and I put out, I think, are very meaningful. Go take a look at them. Read them over Easter weekend. All right. No more talking. We're going to get to a quick commercial break here from our great sponsors and advertisers when we come back. You got it. First up, really fascinating discussion with Max Nelson about the scam unions ran to get PP money that Congress said they weren't entitled to, who they are, what we're going to do about it coming up next. And then after another break, yep, we've got Congressman Daryl Issa, really one of the champions of accountability, oversight in Congress. He's going to talk to us about these revelations on Hunter Biden. Don't move that dial. Come right back after this commercial break. We've got a great show for you. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, 
thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We've had a lot of conversations on this show about the many, many, many scams that occurred during the pandemic where money was sent out to places it wasn't intended or money was spent in the name of COVID-19 and it had nothing to do with COVID-19. But our next guest is going to educate you about one of the biggest COVID relief scams that has occurred out of all the ones that we've now looked at. Uh, these small business loans that were supposed to go to help Monpa and Main Street America, well, they got sucked up an awful lot by unions who weren't supposed to have them. And uh, our next guest knows all about this. Max Nelson uh, is one of the top people at the Freedom Foundation, and his work on this actually prompted Congress to take action. Max, great to have you on the show today. Well, it's great to be on the show. I appreciate you having me, John. Thank you. Yeah, so you you do great work, right? You you do the uh, you're the director of labor policy at Freedom Foundation, so you're in this space all the time. How does it happen that we pass a law saying unions can't have the PPP money, and then oh wait, unions get thirty six million dollars of PPP money? How does that actually happen? It's well, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but you know, the federal government uh, is a very big organization. It's very bureaucratic. Uh, but uh, despite having lots of rules and procedures in place, uh, it also makes a lot of mistakes. And this is, uh, this is another example. Uh, as, as you mentioned, you know, our, our research out uh, in February documented that uh, during a one-year period from March 2020 to March 2021, uh, as many as 223 forgivable loans, essentially grants, yeah. Uh, total, totaling more than $36 million were given to labor unions and related organizations that legally were not eligible for those funds. Uh, that came out of the Paycheck Protection Program, which, as you mentioned, was administered by the Small Business Administration. And the goal of the program was to keep people employed during these government-mandated lockdowns that we were experiencing uh, in that you know, early days, uh, well, early year, I guess, of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and the the loans were eligible for, or were, organizations were eligible for the loans. Basically, if you employed people uh, as a business, you had fewer than 500 employees. Right. Or if you were a 501c3 charitable nonprofit organization. That was the universe, and that's a big universe. Um, but what we identified was that labor unions as 501c5 nonprofit organizations were not eligible for this program during that one-year period. Nonetheless, you know, over 200 of these organizations that were, again, not businesses and not 501c3s, uh, were applying for uh, first loans, second loans, and not running into any issues uh, with the uh, arrangement that the Small Business Administration set up. It's just amazing. And, you know, there's work and then there's impactful work. And the work that you've done with the Freedom Foundation has been enormously impactful. Talk a little bit about the letter earlier this week, uh, the congressional Republican saying, hey, SBA, you got to investigate this and you're going to get back to us. How, How big a moment was that for this investigation? Well, this was certainly a big step forward. Uh, you know, when we put our, our initial report out 
Uh, you know, we were, uh, it's very well documented. You know, we were going straight to the Small Business Administration's right. own data up on their website, their complete database of all of these Paycheck Protection Program loans, you know, and, and we combed through the entire database uh, and we identified each one of these these loans. And, uh, you know, so we've got the loan numbers. We've got everything there in the report, very, very well documented up on our website for anybody to see. Um, so we, you know, of course, we put it out. We bl we blasted it out and tried to get some some public attention to it, some news coverage. Uh, and, but we also submitted the the findings to the uh, Small Business Administration's Inspector General, which is uh, an independent official that's charged with overseeing and kind of watchdogging the SBA operations. Right. And and that office has done some good work actually in uncovering other aspects uh, in which the SBA dropped the ball on the on the PPP program. Uh, we also submitted it to submitted our research to the Department of uh, Justice's National Center for Disaster Fraud, which is allegedly all about ferreting out things like this. But you know, you file these, you know, you fill out these complaint forms, you send it off, you know, through through channels, uh, and odds are you never hear anything back again. So it was very encouraging to see uh, leadership in uh, the House of Representatives on on four key committees. Uh, drafted this letter to the Small Business Administration that was uh, that was published last week, asking for more information. You know, citing this research that we released in February and asking the SBA to account for its actions. Why is it that this was allowed to happen? How big is the problem? Are there other aspects to this that are worth addressing? So that was very very encouraging, and hopefully that gets the attention of the officials at the SBA, and hopefully they come back with some kind of explanation, even if it is. Oops, we made a mistake that right. shouldn't have happened, and here's what we're going to do about it. At least there's a fix. Okay. For it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Now, if I remember right from uh, re reading your earlier work in February, some of the unions that took advantage of this were teachers' unions, the same teachers' unions that in some cases were trying to keep teachers from going back and kids going back to the classroom. The incredible power and reach of teachers' unions today. Uh, how surprised are you that they just show up in so many different aspects of public policy today? It's it's not surprising at all, John, and it, it's, it's really unfortunate. Te teachers' unions, well, if you take a step back and you look at the American labor movement today, it's not the American labor movement of 100 years ago, which is what everybody kind of has frozen in their imaginations. It's not hard hats. It's not coal miners. Uh, it's government employees. And the biggest group within that section of the labor movement are teachers unions by far, the American Federation of Teachers and the National Education Association. Right. Uh, and they are uh, fundamentally, primarily political organizations. So as, as you mentioned, you know, our, our research uh, you know, came up with, identified all these different unions. We we identified quite a few teachers unions, about a dozen yeah. uh, teachers unions that applied for and received PPP loans. About a dozen other government employees unions also applied for and received loans. Uh, and, you know, in this context specifically, it's, you know, it's extra frustrating. You know, setting aside the legality of the issue, obviously that that's black and white. Like these, these were not businesses or 501c3s. They shouldn't have got the money. But if you take a step back and even look, Look a little bit further. These are the organizations primarily that were advocating for these government lockdowns that necessitated the need for these relief programs in the first place. Yep. And here these organizations are taking money off the table that they were not eligible for that otherwise would have gone to, yeah, the struggling mom and pop down the street that's just trying to keep their doors open through this unprecedented uh, government imposed lockdown situation. And on top of that, it gets even worse. You know, Congress allocated billions of dollars 
in relief funds to go directly to state governments, to municipal governments, to school districts. So, that, And now you're seeing, you know, all these government employers awash in money. Not only did they not have to lay anybody off, uh, but now they have more money than they know what to do with. And they're just spending it on whatever special projects they can dream up that, you know, aren't really necessary, but they got to spend the money. They've, yep. they've got it now. The, the and, God and forbid the they give it back. <laughs> And we wonder why we're dealing with 8% inflation. Exactly. And a $30 trillion deficit. It's remarkable. There's a big moment today. Um, the head of the Republican Study Committee, the four, number four ranking person in the House Republican leadership, Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, he, Congressman Scott Fitzgerald from Wisconsin, and a whole bunch of uh, Republican lawmakers, uh, Greg Stubbe, Kat Kamek, regulars on this show, Scott Perry, they introduced a NEA Charter Repeal Act. Uh, it's called the National Educational Association Charter Repeal Act to uh, repeal the federal charter that was granted to the nation's largest teachers union. Your thought on how we got there. I mean, that charter has been in place for over a century. Clearly, a lot of uh, political leaders today no longer trust the NEA to be an honest player in this. Your thought on the, on the introduction of that legislation today? Well, you know, that's that's a great question. I, you know, I haven't had a chance to review the legislation yet, because I, I believe it was just introduced. But it signals that Republicans are generally taking a, a more critical view of the role of teachers unions in our policy process and our policymaking process. And I think that's perfectly, um, perfectly warranted. You know, we've seen uh, headlines over the course of the pandemic, not just related to, you know, school shutdowns uh, and, and unions demanding uh, the sun, moon, and the stars in exchange for returning to the classrooms. But we've seen headlines about how the unions like the AFT were working behind the scenes directly with the Center for Disease Control to craft the rules under which schools would reopen. And and that in and of itself is just insane if, if you stop and think about it. Uh, you know, a labor organization that doesn't have any particular expertise in public health, but certainly has an interest in being able to use the fact that schools were closed to extract concessions from school districts and state government officials um, and, and working hand in glove with the CDC to actually edit line by line what is supposed to be an independent, scientifically based set of, uh, of school reopening guidelines. That type of headline, that type of public awareness of the influence that these unions have behind the scenes, the way that they exercise that influence, not to benefit schools, not to benefit children or families, but to benefit themselves, I think is why we're starting to see uh, this this type of pushback from public officials around the country and parents and families, and it is uh, long overdue. And listen, you can be for your teachers. Kids, teachers do amazing things every day in our classrooms to teach our kids and be against the unions because they don't stand for what uh, mom and uh, moms and dads want for their kids right now, or they don't represent all of our views in terms of what should be taught. And uh, you can split that baby. You can literally be for teachers, but also against some of the policies that these teachers unions have imposed out of America. And I think we're seeing that moment come to pass at this uh, this with this bill. This is the first time I've seen anyone take a crack at doing this, and it has the potential to be a very interesting movement, something that could have long-term consequences for sure. Max, before we let you go, I want to take a look at a couple other things that you guys have done such good work on. You know, you're really on the front lines of transparency. We So much in government goes on in secret quarters, and we never know what it is that is going on until someone like you gets involved and says, you know what, we're going to dig in and we're going to find out what's going on. And you've had some great 
reports, great investigations, and also some great articles. And I wanted to take you to one that I think has really been interesting to me personally as we've watched it. You had a blog post, I think it was maybe, might have been yesterday or the day before. And I think the headline was something like, the rules of the game changed, the unions are determined to cheat. Talk a little bit about what this is about, because I don't think a lot of people understand what's going on in these game-changing rules, rule changes that the Biden administration is making on collective bargaining and other things. Well, so that there was a major U.S. Supreme Court decision about four years ago now, mm-hmm. 2018. The, the U.S. Supreme Court held in the Janus versus AFSCME decision, that right. American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, that no public employee in the country that's represented by a union can be required to pay union dues or fees as a condition of keeping their job. Uh, it's a landmark. Court held uh, quite correctly that it's a First Amendment issue. You can't you can't compel people to give money to a political organization uh, as a condition of keeping their jobs and then you know force them to subsidize that political speech in that way. So that upended uh, legal regimes in many states, uh, including out here in Washington, where I'm based. That, that forced teachers and school employees and firefighters and police officers and so on to essentially fund the progressive left's political agenda with the union dues that they pay. So since that decision, quite a few uh, public employees have decided to reclaim their own voice, stop paying union dues, resign their membership, and put that money to whatever use they think is more appropriate. Uh, and, and that has, has generated a lot of pushback uh, from the labor union leadership. Uh, we've seen an array of responses from unions That's and amazing. from uh, sympathetic state lawmakers yep. to try and make it very, very difficult for people to actually get out of unions, but very, very easy for unions to sign people up for membership. So a lot of what we do at the Freedom Foundation is help educate employees about their rights and then help them navigate through or challenge in court these types of restrictions that uh, that unions are trying to put up in their way uh, to keep them paying dues and funding this political cycle that leads to all of these crazy policy outcomes that we've been talking about. Yeah, it seems like one of the games, and this is one I didn't know until I read your article, and it uh, it really educated me. It's a great, um, great uh, article, folks. Go to Freedom Foundation, check this out. It's uh, freedomfoundation.com. Uh, is it like in Ohio, they have this thing where unions say, a union worker say, I want out. I, I'm tired of paying these dues. I never wanted to pay them. And then the union says, okay, but we can only process your opt-out during a very small window, like a few days or a week. And we yeah. can't get to all of you, so you're going to have to wait the next year or the year after or the year after that. What, what a game. And, you know, on this one, the Supreme Court wasn't like ambiguous. It was like there, there, you have a First Amendment right to opt out. How do unions keep getting away with dragging this out for three, four, five years like they have? It is incredible. It really is. And, you know, the, the Janus decision was was a huge deal. Sure but was. so far, too many uh, too many federal courts at the lower level have just decided to pretend it doesn't exist or to minimize its impact as much as possible. And part of the challenge is. The states where uh, public sector labor unions have the most influence tend to be the politically left of center states. And that also tends to be where you find your most progressive judges out here in the Ninth Circuit, for instance, and so on. So just generally, the political realities are such that the the places where these types of schemes are popping up are the places where the judiciary is going to be most sympathetic to them. So it takes time uh, to, to really make a Supreme Court decision stick for it to be fleshed out and the details be litigated again. And we're at the forefront of a lot of those fights here at the foundation. We have dozens of lawsuits around the country in federal courts 
on behalf of public employees challenging these types of crazy schemes. You know, we had a lawsuit that we just settled. Um, well, I probably can't talk about that one just yet, but there's stuff happening all the time. <laughs> oh, a good tease. We're ready. We're going to have to get you back on now. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Uh, well, listen, Max, you're doing such amazing work. Real quickly before we leave, how do people follow the work that you're doing at Freedom Foundation? How do they follow your writing and your, and your blogging? Because uh, you're, you're really a, a really important voice. And I, every time I turn to your site, there's something new that you've dug up. That, wow, that's really important. Accountability for America. How do people follow what you're doing? best way to do it is to navigate over to our website, freedomfoundation.com. As you mentioned, we've got new content up uh, very regularly. You can sign up for our email list that goes out once a week. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Getter. We're on Instagram. We're, we're on all the socials. Uh, just just do a Google for Freedom Foundation and uh, and you should find your way right to us. Yeah, some of these things are important. If you're a union worker and you're, you're getting played in that game, well, you got someone uh, in your corner with the Freedom Foundation and, of course, all of the money that you've now brought to bear that hopefully the SB will go back and collect on behalf of the American taxpayers. We owe you and the Freedom Foundation a great debt of gratitude. Max, thanks so much, and uh, let's get you back on soon. I'm curious to find out what that lawsuit is. We'll have to beg, bring you out in a few weeks. <laughs> Sounds good, John. Thank, thanks for having me. Yeah, great time. Uh, you have a great weekend. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Daryl Issa has something big to talk about, about the Hunter Biden story we broke this morning. We're going to have him on next right after this. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, America. Here to continue our conversation on our breaking Hunter Biden story is the great congressman from the state of California, Daryl Issa. Congressman, great to have you on today. Well, thanks for having me on, John. And, and thanks for continuing to cover a story that once was buried uh, by the media uh, across the country and across the, across the globe. Yeah, it's such an amazing thing. And we're learning more every day. In the segment just before us, we talked a little bit about these text messages, emails that clearly show Joe Biden, Hunter Biden had some commingle finances. 
Hunter is paying for some of Joe's bills. Joe's offering to pay some of his bills later on. And Joe Biden actually refers somebody to Hunter Biden and say, hey, he wants to do business with you. What is it incumbent when Republicans get back in control that the Congress focus on what was Joe Biden's role in this business empire? Well, I think it's extremely important. Now that it's clear that they were business partners uh, with financial interest uh, for the entire family, including you know Joe Biden's brother, what we now know is that there's, there's first of all, some tax questions uh, that need to be gotten into. But most importantly, when you're the vice president or even when you're a senator, you have ethical and legal restrictions on your income. And so the kind of income that was being hidden potentially by Senator uh, Biden and then later Vice President Biden and, of course, now President Biden would be clearly a uh, illegal uh, because it is public corruption. Uh, you know, my in my case, I'm limited to thirty thousand dollars. And even the way I could make that outside money is clearly limited by law and should be. And Congressman, the, the struggle that I have with this is operating in this manner, shady dealings, possibly illegal, but definitely corrupt. I think in the eyes of the public, as a public servant, uh, you have a responsibility to the American people to not commingle finances and things like that. So are we are we looking at a case where Joe Biden didn't know that these things were were on the border of legal? Or did he just assume that unfortunately, these days, mainstream media will tend to look the other way? Well, first of all, you know, Delaware is the capital of corporate America. If there's ever a place that people know about public corporations uh, and uh, it would be there. But let's be honest, in 40 years plus in the Senate and in the uh, uh, vice president, he was there for many of the laws that specifically limited what he could do. So the idea that he wouldn't know, know about laws he held pass uh, and speeches he made about public integrity uh, is beyond the pale. I think the important thing that the American people are just now getting to see because of the way Hunter Biden's laptop was quashed before the election is that when Vice President Joe Biden put his business partner on an airplane and helped him get business, particularly uh, this Ukraine-Moscow uh, connection, he was doing it for financial gain for the family, uh, including his brother, including himself. Yeah, such a great point. And it's clear as day now. It's a, it really is. There's not any ambiguity about it. I had a chance, sir, to interview uh, the former chief of intelligence for the FBI, very respected guy. He's been on the show. He looked at these emails and these approaches by China, Russia and Ukraine and said, listen, this has the classic hallmarks of a, a foreign influence operation, a government coming forward. Yeah, they say they want to give to a charity, but they're really trying to buy influence when you look at the sum total of Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Jim Biden, how concerned are you about the security implications of their dealings with these countries? Well, I'm extremely concerned because even as this comes out, what you realize is the leverage that Russia and others have over the Biden family uh, can be huge. What, what we don't know and they know is exactly what could cause them to be able to influence the decisions of the president of the United States. Uh, there's another angle that people aren't even beginning to understand. Recently, during the Trump administration, the Department of Justice charged uh, people in that administration for having conversations with the president. They charged them under the this whole foreign corruption for being an agent of a former government, a foreign government, because they had business investments in former in another country. 
But what was happening every single day with the vice president and now the president and his son and his brother, they were not agents of a foreign government. They were not restricted and they were not acting like people who have to disclose before they can even have a conversation. You know, if you're a registered lobbyist for a foreign government, there's a whole different process. Hunter Biden was circumventing that. So was the vice president. Uh, and all of that needs to be looked at appropriately. Uh, much of it should be looked at by the administration. But one of the problems, and one of the reasons Congress has to do it, uh, at least after January 3rd of next year, is that it is unlikely that the President of the United States is going to let his own administration investigate his criminal activity or his family's. Great point. Yeah, excellent point. Congressman, we've only got a few minutes left, so I want to switch gears and talk about Twitter. Uh, I think it's very serendipitous timing that today with Twitter in the news and Elon Musk's offer to overhaul it, to purchase the whole thing, and Twitter being one of the offending platforms that suppressed these type stories about Joe Biden. My question is about this offer that Elon Musk made the board of directors to, I would assume, has a fiduciary responsibility to its shareholders. This was a really good deal. If they turn it down, aren't they abandoning their responsibility to their shareholders? Totally. Uh, the fact is, if Elon Musk didn't have the ability to buy this company and take it private, they could reject it because it's too good. It's too much money. They have no no plans that they've been able to demonstrate to monetize uh, to that value. The difference with Elon is that uh, he has proven not once, not twice, but now at least three times that he can create monetary value, real value in companies as diverse as PayPal, as diverse uh, as a rocket company and, and obviously a car company. He can do the same thing there. But the, the thing that they have to fear the most and the reason that I suspect they're going to reject his offer is they don't want somebody getting in the way of their view of what free speech is. This is somebody who, yes, would monetize it and give it value, but he also would is a big believer in the free speech that uh, uh, basically Bezos and uh, Google and Facebook were shut have shut down this. You know, Twitter is the fourth of these groups that shut down the president, that shut down Parler, and that shut down the Washington Post when they were honestly showing the corrupt activity of Hunter Biden and his family. Yeah, such a great point. This, this overture really is a litmus test. Will big tech really relent and allow free speech, or is it doubling down on censorship? Congressman, we're always so grateful for your time and your thoughts. I can't look forward to next year. I look forward to next year when you're going to be investigating all these things with the power of the gavel. I'd love to see the truth. Absolutely. All right, folks, we'll be right back with more amazing news right after the break. Thanks for listening to John Solomon Reports. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So glad you can join us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's hard to believe that this podcast has now been going for two full years. I'm so grateful we now reach millions of people a month on this podcast, and I want to thank you for that. I want to wish you a blessed Easter, a blessed Passover, a blessed Ramadan. No matter what your faith, this is a very significant weekend in the faith community, in your home, with your family and friends, and I hope you're blessed with good weather, with good friendship and fellowship, good health, and you can start your spring off with a spiritual renewal. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back Monday. That's right. We'll be back Monday with more news. I'm sure we're going to have some more Hunter Biden scoops coming up. In fact, I'm positive of it. So we'll tease you with that before we go to the weekend. God bless. On Sunday, we'll have a great show, a great lineup. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back Monday with regular programming. Good night. God bless. Happy Easter. Have a great weekend. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.